really downcast. And they said, let us start rebuilding. And so they began this good work. And together, Nehemiah encouraged and took the people through that process. And I love when God first put this on his heart. Nehemiah's first response was, God, you are powerful. It says, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant with those who love him and keeps his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying. And he goes on to say, where we've sinned and where we've fallen short, we repent of that. And there was such an anointing on him because he started with acknowledging how big God is and then repenting of where um, the people had gone wrong. And from there, there's this unity. But I can tell you, whenever there's a unity and whenever there's a um, restoration God wants to do and a building work, there'll be resistance. Who's experienced resistance this week? I can tell you, I experienced hectic resistance. And wherever there's a work that God's doing, there'll be a resistance. And there was no difference here. We start to meet the bad guys, uh, the antagonists in the story. And these guys, Sanballat, the Horonites, Tobiah, the Ammonites, and Jeshim. And we're going to read about um, what it says in Jeremiah 2, verse 19. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Jeshim, the Arab, heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you're doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? And what's interesting about these guys is they've got their own agenda. These are people living in this ruined city, and they would rather have seen it stay in ruins to fulfill their own agenda than to have it restored uh, to God's glory. In fact, it's quite interesting that Jeshim, the last guy, was worried because he had a trade and spice business that ran through the city, and he had managed to maximize the efficiency of his business by letting it run through the broken uh, city walls. And so he had a straight trade route running through the walls. And if someone came and built up the walls again, it was going to mess up his business. And so out of selfish reasons, he started to fight against uh, what God was doing and what Nehemiah was saying. And that didn't stop them. And so chapter 3 is all about building the walls. And what was important there is every single family was involved in rebuilding the walls of the city. In fact, in the city, the houses were so closely clustered that... George and I would live together, or Luke and I, and then there would be a section of wall in front of us. And together as a family, kids as well, we would start to rebuild the walls of the city together. And it was beautiful. Every single family was involved in doing that. And I want to say God's doing the same. He wants you to build his kingdom. But what is your part of the wall this morning? What does God want to build through you? And it's not all about Luke. So can you imagine if Luke had to rebuild all of the walls of the whole city, we would all be sitting here with these massive gaps. And I can tell you what. If you're not building your section of the wall and the enemy wants to come to attack, guess whose house he's going to get to first? Yours. The one that hasn't got that section of the wall rebuilt. And so we do it together. We do it in unity, but we have to do it. It's not on Luke to build the church for us. We build it all together. And so I'm trusting later as we pray for us, pray for each other, that there will be a sense of us building walls together. Proverbs 24, verse 27 says the following. Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. God is equipping us. We prayed for finances earlier. We prayed for God to provide. There are things, material things we need. God will give that. But then he says, go and build your house. And so we need to build our houses and we need to build the walls um, of God's kingdom. So first of all, the bad guys, Sambalat, Tobiah, and Jeshim, they reckon this isn't going to work. This is going to fall flat. No one's keen. Nehemiah's one guy. What's he going to do? 
but they started to see these walls building up to almost waist level, and now they started to get worried, and they got, get, and they got concerned. And so they started to fight against them. And so Nehemiah 4, verse 7, says the following. But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead, and the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God, and we posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. And so I can tell you, these are guys in the city, as I said, they're fighting against what God was doing. There will be division in the church that the enemy wants to bring. There will be offenses that come up between brothers. Guard against that. As we build God's kingdom, don't speak negatively about your brother or your sister. Don't gossip. Let's go and encourage one another. We work together to rebuild his walls. Because while we're so busy fighting over that person said this, or this person said that, or they hurt me, guess what? The wall's not being built, and the enemy's coming in, and he's creating havoc. I was reminded of, actually, when George was preaching a while ago at a men's time, and he shared a story about the Germans and the Allies over Christmas time. And it was Christmas Eve, and one of the guys started singing a Christmas carol. And these are men in the trenches far younger than me who are fighting against one another for no reason. Out to kill their fellow brothers. And this guy starts singing a Christmas carol. And both sides picked it up. And there was a moment where there's just a Christmas carol going out and they called a truce. And I don't know if it's a true story or not, but I read that they went on and they actually came out of the trenches and they played a match, a game of soccer together. Over this Christmas period. And isn't that a beautiful picture of the unity God wants to bring. I can imagine them saying to each one another, why am I fighting you? Like, this is stupid. What are we doing? And that's because the enemy's come and he's deceived and he's created lies. And so I'm trusting that we will not fight one against one another. We will not let the enemy come in. And we'll do this together in unity. So what do we do? <clears throat> Nehemiah 4, verse 15 to 16. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the war, each to do his own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shield, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon with the other. If you thought building projects were hard before, try doing it while someone's coming with a weapon to attack you. And this is something that I feel God wants to build into us, is... It seems to be compartmentalized our lives. Either we're fighting against the spiritual attacks we're getting, or we're trying to build into his kingdom. And so often seems to be one or the other. And God is saying, I want to equip you to do both and to do it together. I experienced this week, I had one of my worst Thursdays ever. I can tell you, the client dropped me with this massive deadline. He even wrote in his email, I know this is completely unrealistic, but please get it to me by Friday evening at the latest. And so at 1 a.m., I was busy trying to get this thing ready for him. And I started to have a bit of a pity party, as you do, when you realize this isn't going to work. And I remember the next day saying to Kina, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can balance eldership and a full-time job and leading a family and all the things that go into it. I don't know what to do. And I read that verse in Philippians that says, through Christ, let me not get it wrong, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I can tell you, in that moment, I felt encouraged, but I needed God's power in it. And the deadline came, and everything worked out fine. And then this morning, Luke says, can you preach? And I felt, it feels too much. 
Like, I just settled the fact I had to lead after a busy week, and now it's preaching. And I can tell you, it's through Christ who strengthens us that we can do this. It's building his kingdom and fighting it. I had to fight this week against the doubts and the insecurities and the negativity that the enemy wanted to bring in. And I just wanted to survive, basically. I wanted to get through Sunday and be, and God's saying, I want you to build my kingdom. I want you to fight and build. And so for each one of you, God's saying, fight and build. When we pray for each other later, what are you building into? And what are you fighting against? And we will hold each other up in prayer. If we come pray for you for deliverance, prophetic times or whatever, once you're set free from that thing, go and build and go and fight um, for others' freedom. What I loved about the unity of this morning was in the prayer meeting, I felt my faith was lifted. It was amazing that the words were coming through. Um, it seems that rebuilding this wall, for me, initially, it would have taken months or years to do everything that needed to be done. And Isabel shared this beautiful word during the prayer meeting. It was really so encouraging when she said, do you know the rebuilding of the walls only took 52 days? And this whole process with all these families, it took 52 days for them to do that. It feels like it would take 52 days just to read through chapter 3 and all the walls that had to be rebuilt. But when she said that, I felt God just settle me into this is what he can do supernaturally in each one of our lives. And I actually wanted to honor you and say that was such an amazing anointed word you shared. I see you operating like an Esther in God's kingdom. I see you bringing words to the authority figures and to leaders that will encourage and will settle and um, he's building you into this family. And today you helped rebuild a section of the wall that I needed help with. So thank you very much. I also want to honor Kevin. Irony is he's not here. Why? Because he's serving in kids' church. And the other day he was on sound. And Kevin is a man who's learned to fight with one hand and to build his kingdom with the other. And so I want to look at these guys as examples of people. If you're not serving in an area, I can serve. I can do this. I can fight and build his kingdom. So it came to a point where the walls had all been rebuilt. And it says, Nehemiah verse 6, 1 to 2. Then word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Jeshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. Isn't that amazing? There was not a single gap left. Through up, to, up to that time, I had not seen the doors and the gates. And they came and they said, come let us meet together in one of the village, but they were scheming to harm me. Even where there is not a gap in your defenses, we still have an enemy we need to fight against. And so we constantly need to be spending time with the Lord, spending time with each other, in prayer. But then they eventually gave up because they couldn't resist against what God was doing. And these guys left them alone. And what happened is Nehemiah got there. The walls had all been restored. There was not a gap in it. But there was hardly anyone living in the city because everyone had been exiled and been destroyed. And so Nehemiah started to invite people back home and to come back into the city. And over 42,000 people returned to the city. And Nehemiah went back to the king. And they didn't have money. Their homes were destroyed. They didn't have food. And Nehemiah went and he said to them, you guys need to get your finances right, but we're going to bless you. And he went and spoke to the king again. And he gave finances for a massive meal. And they had a huge feast together. You remember when we got together for our city world time of fasting and prayer? It was wonderful to be together. Maybe 160, 170 of us. Can you imagine 40,000 people having this amazing meal together and celebrating in their restored city what God had done? And Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says the following. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. 
and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I love this picture. This started with one man who had a heart for God's kingdom, who just saw some broken walls. It started literally as a building project. And it ended with such a revival and a restoration of people's love for God and a celebration and a city restored. And I'm trusting that even as this word goes into us, even if you're busy with the smallest thing, trust that God can use you to bring such a a restoration. Trust that he can turn Cape Town upside down through each one of you guys. As we share with our bosses and our friends and our uh, our colleagues, even if it feels the smallest thing you're building, God can come and bring change through each one of you. Because if we're not advancing, we're retreating. God gave me a picture of being in a swimming pool. You can be, hey, I actually don't feel like swimming right now. I just feel like just sitting and chilling it out for a while. And maybe you can take a rest. But if you're not swimming against the tide against the current, you're eventually going to get tired and actually just drown. Or if you're standing on an escalator and you decide, I'm going to stand still, then you're not going forwards anymore. God's saying, I want to take each one of us and move us forward into what I have. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and for those who have been accorded according to his purpose.